we're welcoming you to a yes. new series. It's called, Will a Real Church Please Stand Up? Yes. And so over the next weeks, I don't know how many weeks, but the Lord will lead us on how many weeks and the things that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, it's time for us to, to be real. The world, the world is looking for the real church. That's right. And so it the, always has been. Yeah. It's past time, really, for the church to stand yes. up. It's past yeah. time. Yes. But with the situation that we're dealing with in the world, how the Antichrist spirit is coming in, it's, listen, we don't have a choice. Right. Real Christians have got to stand up. So. Um, and another thing, I mean, we'll get into why we're going to do this a little bit more, but we don't expect the world to tell us what's going on, right? Right. We don't, as the church, we don't expect the world to tell us what's going on. As the church and leaders in the church, we, we have a responsibility to you to tell you what we see from God's word and right. God's voice, what is happening. Well, we know that we're living in the end times. You see that in the epistles, right? And Timothy, mm -hmm. but these are the end of days, the end of the end of days. Right. And it's this perilous times will come. And so we're in the perilous times. But the church has got to stand up. We can't be done in, if you will. We can't be subdued and taken down just because there's bad times. It's time for us to stand up and That's be right. bright because there's a whole lot of people that are not born again yet. Yes. And they need, God wants them to come into his kingdom. That's right. He doesn't want them to go to hell. He wants them to go to heaven. Amen. And so we have a job to do, a big job to do. Amen. Why don't you pray? All right. Father, I thank you right now for the anointing upon Pastor Bruce and myself as we deliver thank your you. word. Lord, I ask you to help us deliver it with accuracy and with clarity, Father, from our mouth to the ears of the listener. Father, let it be undisturbed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that nothing is misheard or misunderstood, but it is clearly heard and sown into the heart soil of each person, Lord. Let us see the things that we haven't seen before so that we can operate them, operate in them, and, and bring the harvest, Father. Do what you want us to do, to be obedient. So, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity mm -hmm. to speak. And we thank you for your anointing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So why are we doing this together? Well, the first reason that we're, we're doing this as pastors is because our responsibility is to mm -hmm. stir the body up, yeah. grow the body up. Yes to do the work of the ministry. That's We're right. all called to do the work of the That's ministry. Right. Oh. And we chose, we've been, we've been studying for this sermon. I like to say this sometimes to kind of jar my thinking and our thinking. We've been studying for this About message for, thir no, for 30 years. Oh, for 30 years? We've been in the ministry for 30 something years. As long as we've been married. After you get. When we said I do, we jumped in. 30, you just quit counting. But, um, you know, this sermon, the no. preparation for this How sermon. How long have we been married? I forgot. Let's see. What year did we get married? 1987. Okay, that's all that matters. 87. 87. Okay. You do the math. Um, as long as you remember. It gets to a place what where day? I, what, it was a Saturday, June the 6th. <laughs> June the 6th. June the 6th. 1987. It was you a Saturday. Passed. Look it up. Look it up on your. You passed. Your, You're good. It was hot. It was really hot that day. Uh, it's hot right now. So you <laughs> but I love you. The voice, the combined voice, yeah, of uh, the ministry, right. and you know, we see things because we pastor. Uh, as one, we see things from a different perspective, mm -hmm. from a male perspective, from a female perspective. Mm -hmm. And God speaks to issues in, in, in a different perspective. Right. But I wanted to be united because this is the first, uh, the first week of the series. And I told Pastor Bruce, I said, I want to stand united <laughs> that this is where Lifeway stands. Mm -hmm. This is where we stand as a church. And hopefully you'll stand together with us. Because we're, we're, we're staking our claim. This is our land. This is our church. And ain't nobody going to take it. Ain't no demon in hell going to take it. That's right. Ain't no government going to take it. That's right. We're here. Yes. To do God's will. And so I wanted to have this formidable, strong front mm -hmm. uh, as we start this series. Because this is where we stand. 
Yeah. Because we're in this thing together. When we're talking about government, you know, we we are organized. Our church is organized under a board of directors and we submit to the government. We are a 501c3 organization. We understand the laws. We have legal counsel available to us. So we're doing things decently and in order. But ultimately, we give an account before God. That's right. And if someday that the, the government decides, and I'm praying against that, but if they revoke any kind of benefit for being a 501c3 church, um, we're still going to serve God. We're still here for him. And we answer to him. And That's we're going right. to give an account to him. And so we're not preaching. I'll just tell you right up front, we are not preaching or teaching a gospel that is socially acceptable are politically, politically correct. correct. We're not here to please people. And through the word of God, if you study the word of God, you can see that, that men and women that were called by God, were, that was not their purpose, That's to right. please people. That's right. That's right. Right? We're here to please God. Amen. All right, let's jump in. So let's here jump we go. in. So it's called, Will the Real Church Stand Up? But today is you can't silence the church. But we want to define what is the real church? What is the real church? You might say, well, there's a whole lot of churches out there and they're not fake. They're real, right? So let's define what the real church is. Out of 384,000 churches, which is 72% in America, in America, mm -hmm. churches disagree with the fundamental teachings of the Bible. That Seven, many churches, 72% of them, 72% disagree with the fundamental teachings of the word of God. That's 72%. Right. That's a lot. 28%. Yeah. Only 28%. Only 28% agree with the fundamental teachings of the Bible. So <laughs> one out of four, okay, one out of four churches agree with God's word. And we hear that from time to time. People come to the church and they're like, wow, number one, you guys are open. Yay, you're open. And the second thing is you're, you're preaching the word. Yeah. You're, you're giving us scripture, not just a good 30-minute talk of how to be nice to your neighbor, right. right? But our foundation, the foundation of what we believe has to be based on the word of God. That's right. Absolutely. It and can't so be. many churches have gotten off of that. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame. So listen to this. This is how most churches have defined their success. By the number of attendees. By the size of their offerings by the square footage and the use of their buildings, by the number of programs that they have, and by the number of staff. Well, I can't find a scripture in the Bible that shows that that's the criteria of how I need to define success. It's not, you won't find it. Mm -hmm. So as Bible-believing churches, we're using non-biblical methods to measure success. That's wrong. That's crazy. That's conforming to man's way of doing things. Right. We've got to stop acting unscriptural if we want scriptural results. That's right. If we want the promises of God to come to pass, then we're going to have to obey them unreservedly. So if you get um, what you measure by, okay, if, you, if you're measuring a particular way, um, if you're measuring attendees and that driving force becomes you don't want to lose people. So in other words, you're going to watch what you say. You're going to watch what you deliver because you don't want to lose anybody. Because after all, we need to be politically correct. We need to, you know, not hurt anybody's feelings. Well, that's our heart is not to hurt feelings. But the word says it's a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. People get offended by the word. So our heart is not to offend. Please know that. And if you don't, don't understand that and you don't know us, talk to some other people that have been with us long enough. That's not our heart. Mm-hmm. But we've got to speak the truth because one day we'll stand in front of God. Mm -hmm. You didn't tell him the truth. Right. You didn't speak the truth. Right. And I don't, I don't want that to happen. Recently, I got a text from someone that I respect saying, don't, don't have politics in the pulpit. And that's typically the belief because when it gets very controversial, everybody wants to back off of these issues. But if you look at the guys that we had up there, uh, Franklin, or uh, Billy Graham, Dr. Martin Luther King, they addressed issues, issues in their day, and they were a force of righteousness in the nation at the right time. 
And so I can't keep politics out of the pulpit because I believe the word of truth addresses our politics. Right. <laughs> right? You can't separate. Right. You can't separate the truth from life. This right. Bible doesn't right. just work inside this building. <laughs> right? Right. This word needs to be in operation in every part of our life. Yeah. On Sunday morning, on Tuesdays when you vote. So if you don't know what it says, then how do you know how to vote? Right. Okay? Right. You've got to know what it says in order to know how to, to do these things. So I think we've given a pretty good introduction on what do we mean by the real church. The real church is going to teach and preach and deliver the uncompromised word of God with no reservation. And there's some characteristics of the real church. Yes. Uh, to, to look at the real church, you have to go back to Acts. Yes. Because that is the birthplace in the Word of mm -hmm. God where the church was birthed. In Acts, Acts 1, mm -hmm. Jesus is talking to them, telling them to go somewhere and do something and wait until they receive power so that they can go and do what He called them to do. And so our study of the book of Acts always generates this desire to see this powerful church That's right. rise up and do something. That's right. Do what Jesus created us to do. And That's so right. many people, they, they come to Jesus, they find out, wow, I'm a part of this wonderful thing called the church, and they're looking for something to do, and they think, why are all the churches dead and weak and scared and divided? Right. <laughs> right? Right. What happened to the unity? What happened to the power? What happened to the Holy Spirit? What happened to this desire to fulfill the mission to win the lost. And so there are certain characteristics we believe uh, that uh, identify the real church. Um, the real church in Acts believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Number two, they were hungry for the truth. They assembled themselves together in the face of persecution and danger. They were bold. Everybody say bold. Bold. That's going to be a word you're going to hear this year in this place more, probably more than any other word. If you want a word for 2021 in Lifeway Church, bold is going to be the word. They were bold. They were courageous and obedient. Yes. Not just bold, but obedient to do what God called That's them right. to do. Right. Boldness was a characteristic of the church. And uh, number five, they did what Jesus taught them. Mm -hmm. They were obedient. Number six, they didn't cower in, in intimidation amid persecution. Even though they were persecuted, they didn't cower down or, or turn back. Uh, they continually prayed and trusted God. A church that's filled with prayer is a powerful church. That's right. A, per, a church that prays together does what? Stays, Stays together. together, right? And so everywhere, another thing, everywhere they went, they shared the gospel. Sharing the gospel. You don't have to be a theologian to share the gospel. You just have to tell people what Jesus has done for you. This right. is what Jesus did for me. Right. That's good news. Right. Because I came from darkness to light, from death to life. Right. And this right. is, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. That's right. They were filled constantly with the Holy Spirit and with power. Uh, number 10, there were daily salvations and God was adding to the church mm -hmm. daily such yes. as should be saved. That's right. And the last one here, uh, there could be a longer list, but we just came up with these 11. Right. They were anticipating the return of Jesus, but they were not trying to escape the challenging times that they were living in. That's right. The thing that amazes me is amid the persecution, they kept on going, they kept on uh, growing, and they didn't let it stop them. You know, right. even though they, they were censored and silenced, it didn't stop them. That's right. You know? That's right. So an outstanding characteristic to the early church, which needs to be with the now church, is being equipped with boldness. Mm -hmm. That's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our church. Be bold, courageous, and obedient. You know, Superman or Iron Man, I like Iron Man the best, right? But these superheroes... You're my heroes, Iron Man, honey. Yes. I, I get to display my power... When she calls me Iron Man, whoop, whoop, <laughs> right? 
But you ne you never see in these Marvel movies, right, where Superman or any of these superheroes put on their deal or suit up in their suit, and they sit there on the couch, and they're watching TV and eating popcorn and, and drinking Kool-Aid, right? You don't suit up with power to just sit there. That's right. Come on. Come on. Why is the church suited up in the armor of God and just sitting on the pew, right? Hey, Oops. it's time to get up and get out. Boldness strengthens you to do something. That's right. The, the fact that we are bold means that we're going somewhere to do something. That's right. And so being the real church requires action, action. The, uh, Proverbs 28, we said this a couple of weeks ago, the Passion Translation, verse 1. Guilty criminals experience paranoia even though no one threatens them. But the innocent lovers of God, because uh, of righteousness, the righteousness of God, will have the boldness of a young, ferocious lion. Amen. Yes. We're as bold as a lion. Yes, because he made us his That's righteousness. Right. That's right. So let's jump in to what we're going to talk about today, which is you cannot silence the church. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there's a lot of censorship. <laughs> there is a movement to silence the church. Yeah. However, it's not really the church as, as much as it is, is God. They want to silence God. They want to take God out of everything. Right, right. Um, yeah. So um, our, our silence, they want to silence our boldness and the voice of God mm -hmm. in the earth today. So let's look at a biblical definition of the freedom of speech. I admonish you to write this down. Compellingtruth.org. If you, ha if you haven't, if you don't know what it is already, look at compellingtruth.org. Now, I'm going to um, give you a very brief, condensed uh, definition of the freedom of speech, okay? But keep in mind that the First Amendment provides for us to have freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the media, and freedom to assemble, Okay? Having the right to speak without governmental restriction or censorship. That's the condensed version of the definition of freedom of speech, okay? The freedom of speech and the freedom to worship um, for the early church was being threatened almost immediately after the church mm -hmm. was born in Acts chapter 2. Yeah. Um, and like I said just a second ago, if you haven't noticed, big tech, the media, government, they've clamped down on what's being said, what's being written, what's being posted. Um, they're preventing and taking our church services, um, posts and articles and things like that. They're even banning certain people from certain social media outlets. Right, right. Because why? Why? They don't like what's being said. Right. Well, why in the world would you want to cover up what some, why something, what's, what's being said? Why would you want to cover that up? Because there's <laughs> something under there they don't want you to know. Yeah, right. That should make us wonder, well, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to ask why. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I was brought up and my mama said, don't ask me why all the time. But we don't need to have that attitude now. That's There's right. some things that we do need to ask why. Right. Why? What's that all about? Right. Right. Because if we don't, we're, it's, we're just, okay. And it dumbs us down and dumbs us down and dumbs us down and dumbs us down. And then, then we become a robot and we do what we're told because that's what we're told. And we have no, we have no feeling. We have no, we just do what we're told. Right. And then you can't accomplish God's will like that. Go ahead. So to censor someone is to say, you can't say that. Or, or you can only say this. And the problem with that is right. that it's the very opposite of our right to freedom of speech. It's unconstitutional. And so it, it, it comes gently at first. 
Right. Listen, these big tech people know what they're doing. They have filters and they can scan everyone's posts all at the same time. And if there's one word here or one word there, they can turn it down, turn it off, shut it down and take you off. And it's happening right before our eyes. What makes us think as the church, I'm going to say something really shocking here, not to scare you, but to prepare you. What makes us think as the church in 2021 that at some point, some of these social media platforms uh, say, you know, anything from the Bible, we're just going to turn off. Hey, it's already happening. They can define because they're the ones that are defining everything that this verse over here is hate speech. Come on. I, I'm not going to walk around on this earth with my Blinders. eyes closed yeah. and just praying that the Lord do something. When the Lord is saying, hey, you, you wake something. up and you do something. That's right. Right? So somebody come up with your own Yahoo or Google, but let's call it something else. <laughs> Look at Psalm uh, 2. We're going to read Psalm 2, 1 through 5. Psalm 2, 1 through 5. You want to read it? You'll be to read it? I'll read it. You read it. Psalm 2, 1 through 5. Okay. This is so good. This is about... Um, let, I'll, I'll read it in the New King James Version. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces. Let us cast away their cords from us. But he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. And you see that the Lord is laughing because their efforts are futile. That's right. They're futile. That's why he's like, he's not laughing uh, to, to, to get a reaction from them. The Lord laughs because their efforts are futile. And this really speaks to leaders and, and people that are plotting and planning against the Lord God and, and planning against his anointed, which is the church. And they're in, they've been in, in back rooms plotting and planning against the church because they hate the church. Right. They hate what we do. But it says that he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. God is not going to be canceled. You can't silence God. He's You're not, not going <laughs> to silence the Lord. God is not going to be forced out of the USA. That's right. <laughs> You're not going to censor or silence God. That's right. And you, you can attempt to erase, erase the history books, but you can't erase the truth. That's right. <laughs> so I want to read to you. This is Psalm 11, and this is 3 through 6, but I want to read it from the Passion Version. It says, What can the righteous accomplish when truth's pillars are destroyed and law and order collapse? Yet Yahweh, God Almighty, is never shaken. He is still found in the temple of His holiness, reigning as King over all. He closely watches and examines everything man does. With a glance, his eyes examine every heart, for his heavenly rule will prevail over all. Yes, Yahweh tests both the righteous and the wicked. God's very soul detests the lovers of violence. He will rain down upon them judgment for their sins, and a scorching wind will be their lot in life. You know, if we look real close, we're facing some of the same persecutions as the early church did. Um, like we said, there's an all-out assault on our freedom of speech. And, um, but that freedom of speech was given by God himself. And that's mm -hmm. what we want to show you through these verses, through Psalms 2 and also Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord, no man can quiet. It's futile to think that God's voice will be silent. This is what futile means. Producing no result. Complete failure in undertaking. Complete failure to achieve the desired result. Unproductive, unprofitable, and unsuccessful. So that's what their efforts shall that's be right. You know, when God created Adam, think about it. He gave Adam the right to choose. Mm -hmm. He gave him a free will. He created him with a voice. 
But God never once said, no, Adam, don't say that. Right? Right. God created Adam so that he could fellowship with Adam. When we fellowship with one another, we dialogue with, with each other. We're not called to cancel what the other person is saying. Right. Right? It goes against the way that God created us. God's going to get his word out through someone who's bold enough to stand up and speak it. That's right. And anyone who's endeavoring to silence the voice of the church is endeavoring to silence the voice of God. That's right. So let's go to Acts chapter 9. So persecuting the church means you're persecuting Christ. So what does that mean to persecute the church? Let's look at this in Acts chapter 9. You guys know about Saul. We see this man who is a religious zealot. Now Saul, who eventually becomes the Apostle Paul, he was a tyrannical um, teacher of the law, he, but he was full of hatred. He hated the, the believers. He hated the Christians, those who were preaching Jesus. And at this point, we could actually say he was oppressed by the devil. He was controlled by him and he was influenced by him. Um, you know, the, in, the enemy will use people to come against the church. I mean, who else is he going to use? He works through people. Right. So it, it shouldn't surprise us. We just need to have a plan of action. Um, the devil will work through anyone who's willing to accomplish his purpose, which is to what? Stop the church. So let's look at this Acts chapter 8. We're going to go backwards just a little bit. Go to Acts chapter 8 and let's look at 1 through 3. It says, And Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. He was pleased and entirely approving. On that day, a great and severe persecution broke out against the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for some of the apostles with others who helped to carry out and bury Stephen and mourn over him. But Saul shamefully treated and laid waste to the church continuously with cruelty and violence. And entering house after house, he dragged out men and women and committed them to prison. So think about this man named Saul who was persecuting the church. He, he himself was physically going in, identifying Christians, dragging them out and beating them, mm. consenting to death. So he was a murderer, right? Yes. Why would Jesus, think about this, why would Jesus want Saul's life to be turned upside down or right side up? Why? Because... God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only begotten son That's right. so that Saul could become Paul and lead the church. Right. We, we've got to keep our focus on the harvest. Yeah. The harvest. Right. The harvest. There right? will always be persecution. There's been persecution from day one. There will always be persecution. It's never going to let up. Okay. So let's jump down to verse four and let's look and see what happens. So it says, now those who were scattered abroad went about through the land from place to place, preaching the glad tidings or the gospel, right, the word, um, concerning the attainment of Christ through salvation in the kingdom of God. Uh, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things that were spoken and they saw miracles that he did. For unclean spirits came out and many who were possessed Many who were paralyzed, many who were lame, they were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So amid persecution, there was great miracles going forth. Even though the word was being persecuted, Christians were being persecuted, the word was going forth. So even though in the days that we're living in, and it seems really bad, and you might want to hide your head in the sand, we can't because God's going to move. Yes. God's yes. going to move. If you're, if you're, will stand up and say, I want to be counted as one of the ones that has a voice. I won't be silent. I will be bold, courageous, and obedient. He's going to use you and accomplish his will in the earth. That's right. 
That's right. That's why you can't silence the Lord. If he, if, if I don't stand up, he's going to choose someone else. Remember what Esther said. She didn't necessarily want to do that. It was cozy in the palace. But her uncle said, listen, don't think that everything's going to go so cool with you. You're a Jew. They're going to come and get you too. But maybe you were born for such a time as mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were chosen for just a time as this. Yeah. Listen, you weren't just born. Your parents just didn't get together and <laughs> now you're here. We, we forget that sometimes. Right. There's a destiny planted yeah. in yeah. you. There's a purpose planted in you. There is a divine destiny. Yeah. God has a plan for your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. Your past doesn't define your future from this day forward. That's right. We all got a past. It is all nasty. But what God wants to do with you today, look at, I mean, look at Saul. He killed people. For Pete's sake, he was a real murderer. Sorry, so, I got out there a little bit. No, but I was waiting to make this point. <laughs> Saul, the unlikely one to become uh, an apostle, yeah. right, yeah. to the Gentiles, is riding down the road to kill yes. Christians Yeah. when he came face to face with Jesus. So let's see what happens when Saul meets Jesus and the rest of his destiny. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 4, yes. it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, that means Christians, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone from heaven. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So think about this. Here's Jesus, the head of the church, yeah. confronts Saul with the truth. Hey, you're persecuting me. Jesus didn't say, you're persecuting my church. Jesus didn't say, hey, Saul, why are you persecuting the Christians? They haven't done anything to you. Jesus took it personal and he said, why are you persecuting me? That's right. When any person or any government right. stands against the church and its mission, they are standing against Jesus Christ himself. That's right. And, and takes Jesus it takes it personally. <laughs> He takes it personally when someone is persecuting the church. That's why as the church, we shouldn't persecute other members of the church. We're all one body. That's right. How can the hand say of the foot, I don't need you? Right? That's in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, when we, when we differentiate the real church from those who think they're in the church, we're going to tell you why we think that there is a real church and there are those that want to be a part of the real church but aren't a part of the real church. Do you know you can go under a garage and stand there and not be a car? <laughs> you can even jump in the lake and get wet, but you're not a boat, right? Just like you can come and stand in this building, that doesn't make you a Christian. Right. There are people, we just read 72% 70, yeah. of the churches in America don't stand on the word. Right. And so there are thousands and thousands of people who call themselves Christians in name only who think that they're Christians, right. but they haven't done what it takes right. to become a Christian. That's right. But uh, here's, here's Saul face to face with Jesus, with the truth, and he has to make a decision. Is, is he going to continue to persecute Jesus or is he going to change? And the glory of Jesus shone in Paul's physical eyes so much so that it blinded him. Right. And Paul recognized at that moment, Jesus, Lord. He yes, called him he Lord. Yeah. And so there was a conversion. There was a transformation in his life. But I want to read to you from Romans 1.18. This is what happens when um, people try to persecute the church. This is the Amplified Classic. 
For God's wrath and indignation are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative. That's pretty powerful. His wrath's going to be poured out. This is the evangelical heritage version of that verse. Indeed, God's wrath is being revealed from heaven against all of the ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who try to suppress the truth by unrighteousness. God won't be stopped. The church is going to move on. It's going to go forward. He is the head of the church. He's the head. In Colossians 1.18, it says Jesus is the head of the church and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. If you mess with the body and you mess with the head, you're messing with Jesus and there's going to be consequences. Ephesians 5.23, the New Living Translation says, For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. That, that's a real apropos verse right here. I'm yes. your head. Yes, you are. But I have responsibility to the head. Yes, you do. To be the right head that's to right. you. Jesus, it says, is the Savior of his body, the church. Mm -hmm. And just as if my wife and I are out somewhere and there's danger that comes at her, <laughs> I take my place. I take my place. Jesus is not, he's not fooling around, guys. Now, we preach the, the New Testament. We say, oh, God is a God of grace and he's love and he's mercy. But God, <laughs> there's wrath. He's the same God in the Old Testament as in the New we haven't lived in a time where we saw the consequences of sin take effect immediately. But I'm telling you, but there's a price now. to pay yeah. when you mess with the body of Christ. Right. There's right. a price to pay. Well, you guys see the spirit of Antichrist that's come into the world, and it's very strong. And that's why we're taking a firm stand. Because if we don't, then they're going to run right over us. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And nowhere in the Bible does it say, lay down and let the Antichrist run over you. No, it doesn't say that. Well, it says in Matthew 16, 18, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But we are the church. And so I can't just sit around and say, okay, Jesus, I'm waiting for you to do something because hell is coming against me. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Well, he's like, you're the church. That's right. You do something. That's right. I've given you the power. You're my voice in the earth. That's right. And the voice of God will not be silenced in the earth. You know, God spoke and we have it here. It's called the written, written word. word. Mm -hmm. But as we speak, the body of Christ, we speak and give life to God's written word. We become, we become, we become the voice of God in the earth That's today. Right. This if is God's voice. If we don't speak it, it won't go out. That's right. Absolutely. That's why we're the body of Christ. Jesus went to heaven, and when he went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit live? In me, in you. But the Holy Spirit can't do his work unless we do it. It's, right. He's not floating around like Casper the ghost. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So we are the body of Christ. So when God looks down from heaven, he sees Lifeway Church. And I'm believing that all the other churches were going to come in unity and break these denominational barriers. So when he looks down from earth, he sees all these churches and he sees Jesus. Yes. It's like this form of Jesus moving on planet earth. That's right. Wow. Look, my body is doing this work. There's yes. revivals popping up all over the place. Revival. Amen. Prayer groups. Salvation, harvest, popping up all over the earth. But it's, got, it's going to take a church take that sees us. themselves yes. as God sees us. That's right. And are willing to stand up boldly and declare what God has declared. Amen. That's right. Romans chapter 10. I was getting ready this morning and the Lord took me back to Romans mm. 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead, then you'll be saved. That's right. But then if you back up a few verses, it says, how will they hear unless somebody preaches? Every generation is responsible to preach the gospel. That's right. To preach the truth, the That's word right. of truth to that generation. Yes. 
That's yes. our responsibility. And it's a whole lot easier to preach the word of truth if there's not any laws against preaching the truth. Right. Right? That's right. Let's not take our liberty for granted. That's right. That's right. Amen. Be bold. Be Amen. strong for the Lord. Your Amen. God is with you. Amen. Wherever you go, he's with you. I want to read this to you. I love this verse. This says Psalms 50, or no, excuse me, Isaiah 52.10. And this is a message version. See if you can get a glimpse of the Lord. God has rolled up his sleeves. All the nations can see his holy muscled arm. Everyone from one end of the earth to another sees him at work doing his salvation work, doing his delivering work. But the way that works is he downloads it to us, mm -hmm. plans and strategies and missions to accomplish. There's some black ops missions that he needs some of us to do. Top secret missions. If I wasn't in the ministry, I would, I'd do that kind of thing because I'm just, I love that <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, I'm your girl. <laughs> I'll do it. That's why I pray a lot. <laughs> she calls me on the phone. Something's moving outside the backyard. <laughs> Where's your gun? Where's your gun? <laughs> said, whoa, whoa, hold it. <laughs> that happened the other day. I was at the house and everybody was gone. And what was it? I heard something. It was just not normal. So I went and got, oh, I was studying. Okay. I'm going to take a dog trail here. Oh no. So I was studying. I'm sitting in my kitchen area. There's a big table in there. I've got all my Bibles and all my books and everything. And something, and we've got a deck, right? And it has a gate. So you have to open the gate and get on the deck. Well, it sounded like somebody jumped on the gate and came on the deck. And I was like, what the heck? That's some kind of nerve. It's the middle of the day. So I go and I get the gun and I've got the gun. And I'm like, yeah, I'm mad. So I'm going outside going. <laughs> It's probably the squirrel. We have a... We have I don't a, know, but I mean like... <laughs> we have a squirrel. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back. I got to our... watch out for the, okay. black, for the black ops here. <laughs> She's gone military. But listen, the power of the church yes. is far greater than anything that could ever come against the church. And we're grateful right. for that. Yes. We're grateful. And we do know that we're not in a, a war with flesh and blood. We this do is know. a spiritual war. But listen, most of if if 72% of the churches aren't standing on the word, guess how many churches are not praying according to the word? That's true. Now, there's churches that pray, oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us. But that's not praying according to the word of God. Right, right. You see in the New Testament that Jesus has made unto us redemption, righteousness, salvation. You know, it got, we have the robe of righteousness. Jesus gave us his, God gave us his armor. It's time to stand up, put the armor on, know who right. you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. And pray with power. That's pray right. with power. That's right. Study the book of Acts and see what the, what the church, how the church started out. I believe the same way that the church started out, the church is going to end up that way. That's right. That's right. There's going to be miracles, signs, and, and wonders. But not for the church that doesn't want all of that. Right. The Holy Spirit will not invade a church that has, has all the doors shut and, and, and right up there. The Holy Spirit's not welcome here. You know, you have to be politically correct here. Right. Ichabod up on the church mm. because they wouldn't let Jesus in. Right. Right? That's right. Jesus didn't make everybody happy. Come on. No, he stirred things up. <laughs> he he stirred things up. So this is um, in the expanded Bible. This is Matthew 16, 18. It says, on this rock, I will build my church and the power of death and the gates of hell or the underworld will not be able to defeat, overpower, conquer and prevail against it. This is the Amplified Cat Classic. 
I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. This is the message version. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And the last version is the passion version. It says this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. So I want to tell you what church is in Greek. It's ecclesia. This is what it means. It means legislative assembly or selected ones. This is not a religious term at all. The word ecclesia is not a religious term, but a political and governmental term that is used many times in classical Greek, like for a group of people who have been chosen and gathered together to, go to govern the affairs of a city. So for Jesus to have used that word ecclesia, okay, this means that he is giving the keys of governmental authority in his kingdom to the church. So if we've got the keys of the kingdom, so if you go back over here, let's just go there. Go to Matthew chapter 16. I want you to look at something. Verse 19 says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind or declare to be um, improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or declare lawful on earth must be what's already loosed or unlawful in heaven. Well, if God gave us the ability to speak, then that's lawful, then that's right. So if man's trying to take our freedom of speech away, mm -hmm. that's wrong. So I can bind that. Now I can't just, prayer's not good enough. I'm going to have to do something. I might have to stand up and do something. Mm -hmm. It's going to require some action on my part. That's right. And that's where prayer comes in is, Lord, what is my part? Mm -hmm. What is my part? He may have you walk in an area you never thought you would walk in. He may have you to do something that you never saw yourself do or thought that you would do. But God is looking for those people like David and Esther and Gideon to stand up and say, Lord, here I am. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll be that person. That's right. So it's not time to go silent That's or right. cower down just because the world and the enemy tries to silence and shut down the church. It's time to grow a backbone right. of steel and speak the truth in boldness. So let's kind of see what happened with Peter and John mm. uh, in, in Acts chapter, chapter 3 as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter um, and John were there on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And they had just experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can read about that in Acts chapter 2. They were in the upper room. And uh, after the upper room experience, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, one day they were going to a prayer meeting and passed by this crippled man that was laying by the, the gate called Beautiful. Mm -hmm. They reached out to, to help him at the instruction of the Lord. He reached back to grab hold of them. And they used the name of Jesus and their faith connected yes and the man was healed miracle happened people were excited people mm -hmm. said wow this man has been laying here since he was born and now he's healed he was jumping and leaping and praising god and then and if you look at chapter 3 and verse 16 people the uh peter and john were telling all the people how this man was healed and it's very important to remember how this man was healed it wasn't the power of peter and john they said uh it wasn't us. Right. It was the name of Jesus yes. and faith in the name of Jesus. 
So immediately those people that were listening, these religious leaders that were listening, became afraid of the disciples of Jesus and had them arrested and brought before this religious government, Mm -hmm. these group of guys that were censoring, shutting them down, right? And they were asking Peter and John, by what power have you done this? And what name have you done this? And Peter took that opportunity to preach them a message. Yep. And he taught them about the name of Jesus and then asked them if they wanted to give their life to Jesus and get saved. Yeah. So Peter took every opportunity. He was bold. He took every opportunity to talk about the power in the name of Jesus. And uh, they saw the boldness. The Bible says they saw the boldness of Peter and John and did not want the news of this miracle or any other miracles to spread any further. Yeah. And so in Acts chapter 4 and verse 18 Peter and John were forbidden to speak the name of Jesus. Can you imagine that? Being forbidden to speak the name of Jesus? You can't speak that name. Why were they so afraid of that name? Because it healed a man. Miracles happened. Miracles happened in Jesus' ministry. And so if we can shut down Jesus and shut down the name of Jesus, we can just shut down the miracles, right? So this was in the first couple of weeks of the church. Right. They faced this persecution and people were trying to silence the church. You know, you can say any other name. Just don't say the name Jesus. You can say Buddha. You can say Muhammad. You can say Hare Krishna. Right? You ever wonder why people get so nervous when you ask them, uh, do you know Jesus? You can ask them if they know anybody else, you know? Anybody but else. why do people and, curse the name? You know, mm. when they, they get angry, they use God's name. They yeah. don't say, damn Buddha. <laughs> they don't. Buddha be damned. <laughs> yeah. Right. They, they use the Lord's right. name in vain. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and when you ask people, do you know Jesus? You know, they, they're like, shh, shh. We can't say that word around right. here. Didn't, didn't you see the policy that went out? No Christian symbols on your cubicles. No Bibles. You can't lay your Bible on your desk. It's because there's power in that name. They know there's power in that name, and they're trying to silence mm-hmm. that name. That's why. The world. And there is power in that name, and they try to damn that name. Right. There's something to that name, or they wouldn't try to damn it. They wouldn't try to close it down. So... The world has a problem with the name of Jesus and with the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. Well, it exposes the devil is why they have a problem with truth. So Jesus said in Luke 19 Mm. to the people that were there, uh, uh, the Pharisees wanted Jesus to silence the people that were shouting and crying out Mm -hmm. Hosanna as he was coming into Jerusalem. Yeah. And Luke, he said something very important in Luke 19. Jesus said, if, if these people keep quiet, the stones yeah. will cry out. The stones will cry out, which means we cannot and should not remain silent. That's right. God made us to worship and to praise his name and to speak the truth boldly. You know, I was thinking about, and I wrote this in my notes somewhere. God created us with a voice that even animals have a voice. So God didn't create anything to be quiet or to be muzzled. Even lions roar, dogs bark. There's, there's some kind of sound that they make. But there is a force, the Antichrist force, that wants us to be silent. It's because we speak the truth, we speak Jesus. They're not yeah. trying to make the animals be quiet. They can bark all they want. They don't bark Jesus. They don't bark the word. They don't roar the word, right? (laughs) So it's very, we've got to see, we've got to see, okay, that you've got to speak. Mm -hmm. You've got to speak and you've got to see that that is a, that is a value that God gave you. He spoke creation into being. Yeah. Our words create. They have the power to create. They have the power of life and death. Yes. So speaking is very, very important. It's, mm-hmm. it's a high priority to God. We've got to see the, how important speaking is. We speak over our children. We speak over our homes. We speak over our jobs, our finances, our marriages. 
We speak over our nation. We speak over our church. We speak the word. Mm -hmm. And it will change things. It will turn things around. So look at uh, Acts 4, 29 through 31 for the response. Mm. The response that Peter and John, when Peter and John were released from being held captive and threatened to no longer speak the name of Jesus, they went back to their own fellowship, their own company, those that they were uh, worshiping and fellowshipping with, and they began to pray. They didn't complain. They didn't make little signs and go picket the city hall. They first went into prayer. And they prayed this prayer, and I'm just going to... the first response was prayer. The first responders prayed, right? We're We're all first responders. That's right. Pray first. Part of this prayer says in verse 29, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. So it's, it's scriptural, scriptural to pray for boldness That's right. to preach his word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They went against exactly what they were told not to speak. To Not speak to do, right? the name of Jesus and the miracles had to cease and the, the religious people were trying to shut them down. That's they right. prayed that God would work and heal people and that his word would be done. After this prayer, the meeting place where they were shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. And so that is our response. Yes. This is our response, That's our response. to the silencing of the church. We should be bold. We should go into all the world, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach. He also said in Matthew chapter 10, shout it from the housetops. That's right. And so he has not called us to sit down or back up or be quiet. And he's not told us to be politically correct. That's right. This real church will not be silent. That's right. Um, in Hebrews 1, 3, it says, God upholds all things by the word of his power. God upholds all things by the word of his power. And his word must be spoken from our mouth. The church is the upholding force in the earth today. Mm -hmm. That's why we've got to speak. We cannot be silent. Once the church is gone, the light is gone. And then the force of God is gone. And then the tribulation comes. So there's a lot of work to be done. Yes. This is the setting up for the rapture of the church. This is the setting up. I don't know if you can see it or not. But this is the setting up for the end of the end. And so we've got a lot of work to do. But how privileged, I want you to see how privileged it is to live in these times. That God, that's why you, if, if you see that there's a destiny in you, you were born for such a time as this, then God chose you to be here at this time. You're not an accident. You're not just here because. You're here because God saw to it that you, you Christian, were born for it's such a time as this, because mm-hmm. he could count on you. You're going to be faithful. You're going to be diligent. You're going to be bold, courageous, and obedient to do what he needs you to do. That goes for every single one of you. Amen. Amen. So there's something for us to do. Yes. As corporately as the church and individually. We believe that people need to see and experience the power of the name of Jesus today. Yes. Amen. People need the power in the name of Jesus, right. to set them free from fear. Yes. And I'm believing that the real church is beginning to stand up. As for me and our church, we will be bold, courageous, and stand up. Amen. You're going to be seeing a renewed strength, a, a renewed faith, and courage this year. God has not brought us this far to drop us off now. That's right. We are his real church, and we're standing up. Go ahead and stand up. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, of love, Love and a sound sound mind. mind. And he wants us to use the sound mind. He wants us to use the voice that he gave us, speaking the truth in love, absolutely Absolutely. in love. But I go back back to the illustration. If someone's about to walk off the cliff and you say, hey, there's a cliff right there. He may get offended because he didn't see the cliff. But if you're telling him to help save him, 
You're telling them because you love him or her, right? If you don't know Jesus, don't leave this place. Don't turn off the internet from watching us, the message right now. If you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, you need to surrender to him right now. I love you enough to tell you the truth. If you die right now, then you're going to go to hell. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And the word is clear. There's no gray area there. It's, right. it's yes right. or no. It's That's on right. or off. It's right. That's right. And so it's the truth of the word of God that sets us free, Amen. sets us free from confusion, yes. sets us free yes. from blindness, spiritual blindness and deception. Yes. The enemy has deceived people to, into believing that if they're a nice person, they'll go to heaven. No. You can be nice, but you need Jesus. Right. And it doesn't take hours of deliberation. You know in your heart if you need Jesus. That's why I'm not going to take long. You know if you need Jesus. You don't have to come down here. Right. You don't have to show your hand. You're not showing it to me. You're showing it to him anyway. Right. It's personal. Right? It's personal. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If anybody is there watching, just follow me and repeat these words now these words are not there's not anything magical in these words I'm just going to pray a prayer that is a dedicating my life and my heart confessing that I believe in Jesus and choosing to follow him all the days of my life and I invite you to do the same thing Let's everybody say this. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ. Is the Son of God. Is the Son of God. That he came to this earth. That he came to this earth. Was born a virgin. He was born from a virgin. That he shed his blood for me. That he shed his blood for me. And paid for my salvation. And paid for my salvation. I receive today. I receive today. That free gift of salvation. That free gift of salvation. And I choose to make Jesus my Lord. And I choose to make Jesus my Lord. I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For filling me with the Holy Spirit. For filling me with the Holy Spirit. So that I can live in victory. So that I can live in victory. In these days. In these days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you're in the room... We're going to have some, uh, some folks come and pray. Those that are on the prayer team today, if you'll just come forward and take your place. If you prayed that prayer and you want prayer, you want to tell somebody, and that's, that's the instruction that we have from the Word of God. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. So after we make that decision in our heart and confession with our mouth, we, we need to tell somebody. So I invite you to tell someone today. Tell someone that you prayed that prayer. Yes. And if you did that, you can tell any of these that are down here wanting to pray but for you. if you're you. dealing with fear or anything and you want agreement, these people down here know how to pray. They can agree with you um, and they want to. So anybody, if you're dealing with anything, if you've got sickness in your body, if you've been diagnosed with something, um, whatever, please come down and um, pray with these her partners as we dismiss you you're free to come free to pray god wants to meet you right here yes, right now absolutely i'm going to pray a prayer to dismiss you we we believe that god thank is doing lord. a new thing yes. a fresh thing fresh thing yes a fresh thing that god is thank doing you, in our lives and in our church we're excited mm. this is it's not time to to back down it's time to stand up that's right real church stand up father thank you, thank you that you are empowering us and strengthening us lord that we're getting our second wind for for some in the church the lights are just coming on they're just connecting just connecting with the mission the true mission of the church father in the middle of persecution father we thank you that your body flourishes we 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 go forth we take courage we're bold we put on your armor and we go forth and we thank you, Father, for empowering us this week, using us this week for your glory, for your honor. Help us, Father, to have a word of hope, of faith, 
a word of love for every person that we come in contact with, Lord. Let them see Jesus in us. Let them ask us uh, uh, why we have the hope that we do in our heart. And Father, let us be bold and courageous enough to tell them about Jesus, the truth about Jesus. Thank you, Father, for protecting us, for watching over us, for performing your word in our lives. Yes, Thank you. Yes that you lead us and guide us, that we're your sheep, you're our shepherd. Thank you, Father. You help us to walk in boldness. Jesus. And to be courageous, Lord. And we choose to be obedient. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we have the Holy Spirit to help us. And Lord, as we go, I thank you that the blood of Jesus cover us and the angels go before us and round about us, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus thank you. over this congregation. Bless these beautiful people, Lord. Bless them. I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon them and you speak to them this week, Lord. Mm -hmm. You speak to us, your body, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're tuning in, fine-tuning our ear to your voice as a body. And we're here to help each other. Father, I thank you that there's connection and community with each other. And we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. We love you. Have an awesome, awesome week.